When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 246 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's victory over Buffalo and look forward to the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. We also hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. And stick around to the end of the show to find out if you won our Beat 'em and Eat 'em promo. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. You know, it wasn't that hot. It was really hot. Are you kidding me? I didn't want to, like die okay i would i was more miserable at illinois really well for other reasons i'm sure no i mean well that one was at noon right okay. and also i think it was humid and we just kind of baked and also was facing the sun mm. so this time it was at you know 2 30 which happened to be about the heat of the day but you know the sun's past its zenith right it was not humid there was a little bit of a breeze I imagine and there were some people in the shade by the time you even had kickoff. You know what? It was the West Stadium had a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the second half, I was like, guys, guys, this is the shade. It's coming. And people were like, yeah, it's going to get here right as the game ends. And it probably got to us with like five minutes left in regulation. So. <laughs> oh, but, oh, Justin. Well, I'll tell you what. When, when Adrian was chugging down the field on his really long run, right. like... Everybody was visibly gassed, I thought. <laughs> and he was like with like 40 yards to go, kind of like, oh my gosh, like I still have a long ways. I could tell. And then there was, you know, two, I don't know what the deal was, but two defenders stayed down when, mm-hmm. when the play ended. And I think there was a lot of cramping and, you know, it was just a, it was a hot day, but it yep. wasn't as, you know, it didn't feel like one of the circles of Dante's Inferno of hell, you know, like. It made for a long game. Like, I don't know if you felt that, but it, it kind of, the fourth quarter was just like, they're still playing? <laughs> it, uh, yeah. No, it got it, slowed it was... down by people, like, there was a lot of people that were on the ground during that game, and I think it was, like you were saying, cramps and just not, they were wilting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and fortunately, the defense did not wilt. Mm-hmm. That was, you know... That was the fear, I think. You know, the offense did it in the end. Did we score fewer points than got left off the scoreboard? So it was what three touchdowns called back, one turned into a field goal. So that's 14 plus like four points. So 18 plus three missed field goals, 27. So, and we scored 28 points. So we missed out on almost the same amount of points that we scored. So it should have felt. It should have felt like a really comfortable game. Right. And you know um, what? I, how how was 
how was the reaction in the stadium? Because I, I saw a lot of people hemming and hawing about like, oh, here we go again. But I, I don't know, watching it, I was like, yeah, there's all this craziness. And, you know, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, this is a great game to make the case for officials don't like Nebraska. But, like, at no point was there ever any doubt that we were going to win this game. Yeah, you know, I would say there was a sense of, like, here we go again, but it was not ever, like, nobody... I didn't think people were freaking out. People weren't exasperated. Well, people were, like, just, like, edge of your seat, nervous like you are in the first plays of any game Mm -hmm. for way longer than maybe we should have been. You know, you could make the argument... um, it was maybe warranted at the beginning because what we didn't score until the second quarter, right? So when what? you're zero to zero with the Buffalo Bulls through 15 minutes of play, that's that's not the best thing to be looking well, at. And, but, yeah, but here's the thing: is they were not a bad team. I mean, mm-hmm. before their head coach got fired, or no, he, excuse me, not fired. Before he left for a a, a new job, this was like a tough game. So this the only reason I think we we all felt like this was a one we'd probably win uh, with with some level of comfort was just because it was a whole new system and it was kind of like late in the cycle too it wasn't like they he he jumped ship right at the end of the season I think it was a little later yeah. into the off season yep. so so that you know I I actually had the chance to hear uh, the athletic director talk uh, earlier on on Saturday. And his his take was that they would be an aggressive defense and that you would maybe be a little bit frustrated in the first quarter, maybe even the first half, because they'd be gambling a little bit and they'd frustrate the offense, but that in the long run, there would be some big opportunities if you can just capitalize. And, you know, I think that's I think that's the story of the game <laughs> is, um, you know, two two big touchdown passes to Torre. Um, one really long uh, pass to, or a scramble rather, and then an interception to get down to the one and then punch it in. Yeah. So, um, you know, the more methodical plays, because the, the, the touchdowns that were called, called back, one was maybe 30 yards, right? But the others weren't huge plays, were they? I don't, I don't remember that, you know. I don't remember that well. Um, anyway, la- last week you and I were kind of bemoaning the fact that the longest run was like 21 yards against yeah. Fordham. Well, <laughs> here this this team lined up specifically to stop the run, and in spite of that, we were able to rattle off at least one really big run, and then we were able to rip off the top with mm-hmm. some long pat, three long passes. That was awesome. That you was know what's awesome. funny to me though? I'm I'm looking well, at the breakdown of the game. And even against Buffalo, we didn't score in the third quarter. Come oh, really? on. <laughs> we are just not a third quarter team. Like, we haven't Was that been one of for your a, trivia like a questions decade. last year. <laughs> yeah. I... Their only points came in the third quarter, but we couldn't find a way to score in the third quarter. Not a. Uh... Not a great day for, for kickers. Yeah. For oh, my field gosh. Goal kickers specifically. Like, and, and you know, like, at this point, Culp's got to be in his own head. Like, I feel bad I, for the kid. That's got to be it. Yeah. Well, and then he, did you see where he came out and talked to the media after the game? I did not. Yeah, he just said, you know, I, I'm i doing my best. I mean, I, I really, the fact that he came out shows that he's he's got some, some guts. Yeah. And um, 
Well, one could argue that his last attempt should have been called a field goal. Because well, so you were it was you were watching on over, TV, right? Yeah, it looked it looked good. It from had my to be. It, it was a judgment call. It was a 50-50 call by the officials because it was above the uprights, and I guess from their angle, they decided it wasn't. It wasn't in. I mean, because you saw, I don't know if you saw, but he himself, he thought it was good. Like, he put his hands up like, that's a field goal, right? And then he, yeah, he kind of uh, reacted poorly when he when he saw them oh, saying did, it was no how good. How did he react? I couldn't uh, he, see that. I, I don't know if he yelled at him, but he, like, he looked like he was really mad because he believed that it was a field goal and they didn't call it. So I'm sure the frustration on the sidelines from some of those bad calls throughout the game, um, that was just more fuel to the fire. And, and he was pretty upset with that call, but, I, but yeah. I never saw, I never saw the replay of the first pass that was taken off the touchdown. Uh, the first touchdown was taken off the scoreboard. Um, was, I figured it was probably a pick play because the guy was so wide open. It's interesting because, when I watched it, I was like, yeah, I guess maybe that was a pick. But then they actually brought in a rules expert on television who said, I mean, you could argue that this is a pick, but this happens all the time and does well, not get to us, called. Didn't that happen to us last week or the week before, too? That's happened to us already this I season. I know we where... got called for a pick play, but like he was saying, this one was more just a couple of guys bumped into each other while a guy was running his route, more so than it was necessarily him going up and blocking somebody. So at least their quote unquote rules expert, he was saying there, this is not something that gets called most of the time. So I got to tell you, I, the, the crowd was not favorable towards the refs, (laughs) (laughs) and my throat is like sore today, probably from being like, sure. Right. I mean, that was just garbage. There, there, there's calls where you're like, oh man, there's no way. And then you see the replay. You're like, oh no. Yep. That's that's probably fair, but man, even that pitch, like, uh, what did they say about the pitch on TV? The the announcers called that a fifty fifty play, and they were commending Frost for uh, maintaining his composure for not getting any of the fifty fifty calls throughout the day. So like, even the commentators on television were pretty um, sympathetic towards Frost and. The fact that none of the calls seem to be going his way. Here's one thing. I feel like I've already seen that highlight, you know, 10, 20 times. I can never tell where the line of scrimmage is. Did you have a sense of how close he was to the line of scrimmage when he pitched it? Okay. Nope. (laughs) Half of Martinez's pitches on these options this season, I felt like he's past the the line of scrimmage. He waits until the last second, I mean, you can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of the guys, uh, he had a really great option play running into the south end zone and some of the guys I was sitting with would be like, oh, if he fake pitches, not people I know, people around me. <laughs> oh, if he fake pitches it, he's in the end zone. Like, come on. I'm like, guys. Yeah. Cut the guy some slack. I will tell you. I think he's um, doing a great job running yeah, the option. No, I will tell you that uh, I don't have inside sources or anything, but um, people who I know who saw practice in fall camp said they're working on option. So that's something that. That's something that's been coming along, mm. and and I feel like they've used it really well. I'm I'm very pleased with the, how they've used option. Yeah, I think it's great. They had a hopefully they've got the wishbone. They roll the wishbone out against Oklahoma next week. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I never really watched that show. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Remember the episode when he cut off his sleeves because he wanted to be cool and play basketball. <laughs> 
I thought you said you never watched the show. My sister did. Uh huh. <laughs> Watch the story wishbone. So you know it's Mike. How do you feel about about the rotation at running back? I'm not necessarily saying like who in which order. I'm just like the fact that there is one. Like, what do you think about that? Um, I think more than anything, like yesterday, it was let's keep all our guys fresh. I, I, I felt like they rotated a lot of people just because of the weather. Okay, I didn't think much about the weather. I guess that that could be a, definitely a factor. Personally, it doesn't bother me. I mean, we've been doing the whole running back by committee thing for years, it feels like now. Like, at the last when was the last time we had a star running back? Like, I, I think back to... Rex? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Rex and Abdullah. Like, those yeah, are the Abdullah, two sure. that come yeah. to mind for me. Yeah, no, that's a good point. There, there does feel I'm looking here at at running backs, and it feels like there's a pretty clear, clear line of demarcation. With Gabe Irvin Jr. has ten carries for 56 yards and two touchdowns. That's a 5.6 yard average, and then you know, crucially, a 21 yard carry. Uh, Sevian eight carries, so almost the same amount, but half the yardage, 24 yards, three three yard average. Um, Marquis Step nine carries for seventeen yards. That's not, he's not even yard, average in two yards a carry. That's not going to do it. Yeah. And Ramir four carries for nine yards. Um, so you know it was it was a team that was packing the box and it took a really long time. I will say uh, we've we've talked a lot um, both on the show and then have like screamed into the void like why can't Frost commit to running the football? <laughs> and it really felt like that. This game, Frost's play calling was like, look, guys, I'm doing it. Look, I'm doing it. <laughs> They're stacking the box and I'm running it. Aren't you happy? <laughs> um, there were a lot of two-yard gains. One-yard gain, two-yard gain. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Martinez has 112 yards on nine carries. I'm going to do some quick math because you take 112 and you subtract 71. He had 41 yards on eight carries for a five-yard average so i mean he's our he's our best running back or he's our best <laughs> our best option i guess um, because his legs are five feet long he's so he's he's really fast and he's really elusive and we you, i appreciate the commitment to making the running game work let's let's keep pounding away maybe i, I like that step- there was that one uh like designed run, like i mean yes he he does these like panic runs that somehow end up being like for like 17 yards every game. It seems, you know, Mm -hmm. but like there was a designed run in the game yesterday. That was just like beautiful. I loved it. It was so it was, it was up the middle. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was like third and five or something. Mm -hmm. It was a great call. Um, I was going to say, I don't know that step had a carry in the second half. Really? Yeah. There was a photo of him in the weight room afterwards when they're doing interviews, and he was pumping iron. Ironically, he was doing arms, but uh, I don't know if that was some frustration or maybe he likes a a post game workout. I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, well, anyway, I I feel like I feel like 28 to three is not. You know, it doesn't pop off the scoreboard as you're, you know, if you're not a Nebraska fan and you're scrolling through scores, you're not blown away by that. But Um, you're also not like, like oh, my gosh, that was close, you know. Yeah, no, but I feel like we saw we saw growth. We saw, you know, even growth uh, on the play calling front. Yeah. And and looking at that score, 28 to three, like for real, 
flip a coin any other day with any other officials, mm. that that could easily be forty-two to three. Yeah, you know. So That's a great point. Like, uh, you know, you play this game. You know, you run it through like a simulation like a hundred times this is probably on the lower end of the spectrum of what the scores are if the game is played sure. exactly the same way every that's time that's a good take yeah so i'm i'm okay with it man this, this the with all the craziness in that game it, i'm not bothered at all you know the to go back to the three things that frost and company talked a lot about all summer and that we were harping on after the illinois game so you got uh turnovers Special teams and what's the other one? Uh, stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. And you know we did we did turn it over once. Um, we had another we had another special teams muff issue. It's almost like we need a dedicated coach for special teams. That Mike is pounding that drum. <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, at this point, it's just like eh, you know. That tweet exists. I'm just going to remind everybody about it. <laughs> there there was actually a moment where I think that Torre, they want him to do the goal line receptions, but there was a moment in the first or second quarter when they got the three and out and the punt team was coming on and Cam Taylor Britt ran back and I'm pretty sure he waved off Torre saying, no, no, I got it. Hmm. I think he feels a lot more confident with the, in the center of the field. Hmm. It's he, but he's a little feels a little snake bit back there on the goal line, which sure. he should. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I some some people I've heard some some reactions I've heard said that was just a really tough call, a really tough situation with that fumble where you got to be Ellen Peter and get away from the ball, and it was like a collective failure that it wasn't necessarily Cam Taylor Britt's. Oh, fault, I don't think it was never, his fault at all. Nevertheless, he was in there. Yeah. So okay, gets, so maybe partially his fault. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so anyway, I started off by saying turnover. So we, we did have one turnover, but the offense didn't turn it over. No fumbles, no interceptions. And we got a really timely interception taken to the one-yard line. That mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that really, I think, sealed it. Like yep. that, If there was going to be a comeback, that sealed it. So, you know, on that respect, I, since we broke even, we can't say we want it, but I feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. Special teams, I'm yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, Connor Culp's over three. You can't look past that. Yeah. He made all four of his extra points. That's growth. Uh, Cherney, Daniel Cherney, uh, is it Cherney as opposed to Cerny? I feel like we said Cerny all summer, and now I'm hearing the announcer say Cherney. It's a Cerny. Yeah, well, it's Australian, so so he averaged 36 <laughs> yards. You just. I'm glad you kept talking because I was very, very tempted to uh, do a really poor Australian impression that probably would not glad be seen as respectful. So, so he he didn't pin any inside the twenty yard line. His longest was forty one. Hmm. Um, but I mean, return yardage they didn't have any punt return yards. Right. So, and I think most of them were inside the twenty five, if not the twenty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the guys sitting near me were really negative on him too. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like he came from Australian rules football where he was used to being a much more physical player, and that's kind of why he sat out last year because he was maybe being a more physical player and he got hurt. And so he's still... Wasn't there... uh, Was it like USC or something? There's some game on Saturday night where a guy got speared like 
on the very first play of the game, the kicker speared a dude, and the kicker got ejected from the game from targeting. <laughs> I didn't. I that. My that. brother was telling me about it. I'll have to. I'll have to get his uh, get that information from him. Maybe we'll put it on Twitter. Bill, if That's you're listening to this, send me the link to the footage of that dude spearing a guy. <laughs> Is this your primary mode of communication with your brother? You talk at him through your podcast? No, no. I was with him in person today. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that would be kind of funny. Um. So, okay. So, so we were just talking about special teams. So, punting, I, I, it could be better. It could definitely be better. But I do feel like his punts are harder to return there's a little bit more of a like wild card factor there. There's definitely some room for growth there. So, um, uh, just wait till you see the our SP plus special teams. Oh there. no! Are we gonna do an, another like century mark watch? <laughs> Let me just say it'll be important to figure out exactly how many teams play in FBS. Oh no! <laughs> um, but but hey, touchbacks, man! Touchbacks mm-hmm. from kickoff. I don't think there were any. Any kick returns? I think there might have been one. I oh, there, there, there were a couple. One. Okay, so there were two kick kick returns. I'm looking at it. There were two okay. kick returns, but the longest was 22 yards. Which, if you're catching in the end zone, you know that's short of the 25. That's a bunch of that's a bunch of kickback uh, touchbacks. So yeah. I that that continues to be an encouraging thing. I can't remember the dude's name. I think he's from a converted soccer player from Gretna. Um, so there are some strides, but nine points left on the field. By missed kicks yep. oddly nine points left on the field by buffalo for missed kicks so i didn't feel like the air was swirling i don't know here i'm just gonna i'm gonna click on this guy's name from buffalo and see if we can have any history here yeah he's a 40 percent field goal kicker is that good uh last year he was 25 <laughs> percent. he was one for four last year this year he's two of five 2019 he was 10 of 15 um, you know, field goal kicking might not be your calling. I'm not even going to say his name because it's rude. He's obviously his name is on the roster and he was on national TV. But so anyway, okay. So special teams, some areas of improvement, some huge going weaknesses, turnovers, trending in the right direction, penalties. Ten, nine. Excuse me, nine for seventy-one yards and just some. Some real stinkers, some real backbreakers. They had them too, um, but theirs didn't take points off the board like ours did. Yeah. But you could argue that some of those calls shouldn't have been made. (laughs) Right. Overall, it didn't seem like a game where there was too much laundry on the field, except for when there were a couple of bad calls. It didn't strike me as an undisciplined game. I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, I did say earlier that my voice is still a little bit hoarse from well, booing the refs yeah, off the there's field. there's the booing of the refs, but I mean, like, it, it, take those calls out. I don't feel like it was, like, I don't feel like our team was yeah. off track. See, I, I, I say this without irony. You take the three flags that took touchdowns off the field, off the scoreboard, off the total, then you're down to six, and... That's yeah, less than I, two per quarter. Yeah. No, it yeah, you know, six it doesn't feel like there's any like really bad like jumping off sides. I don't think we had a bad snap this game. It you know. Um Hey Justin. Yeah. Can you explain to me how an offense gets called for encroachment? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what that was, other than I was legitimately confused. I tweeted about it, and I don't think anybody responded nobody responded, responded to me. for you. Yeah, Mike, I, I don't, I don't really know <laughs> the answer to your question, so I'm googling it right now. Okay. Right now, I'm right now I'm in the NCAA rulebook section 18, encroachment and offside, Article One. After the ball is ready to play, encroachment occurs when an offensive player is in or beyond the neutral zone after the snapper touches or simulates hands at or below his knees, touching the ball before the snap. Exception when the ball is put in play, the snapper is not encroaching when he is in the neutral zone. So kind of like just like getting set offsides, basically? Yeah, when an offensive player is in or beyond the neutral zone after the snapper touches or simulates. So, yeah, I don't know why you don't so, just say, like, lining up in the neutral zone. Yeah. yeah, lining up in the neutral zone. Yeah. But it's not, but you didn't line up before, you didn't put your hand in the dirt before the, the center. You did it after the center. Day. Yeah. You encroached. And it's defense. not necessarily a false start because you'd have to be set. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't know why. Don't they just sometimes say lining up in the neutral zone? Yes, I hear that all the time. <laughs> Maybe lining up in the neutral zone means you put your hand in the dirt before the center put his hand on the Yeah, ball. who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah. But well, hey, all I went against say, them and not us. <laughs> yeah. I'll, oh, really? Okay, I couldn't remember. Yep. All that to say, um, it does feel like, even though there were some really terrible penalties... It does feel like maybe they're trending in the right direction, and we need to have a really clean game next week if we want to have any chance of winning. Yeah. But before we start talking about Oklahoma just yet, I do want to get to the voicemails today, Justin. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are a couple of voicemails, and I think I, th- I think we need to have a little heart-to-heart with our, our listeners. Um, and I'll explain myself uh, after this first voicemail. This one comes from Joe. My name is Joe, and my reaction is... Um, same story, different week. This seems terrible, poorly coached. I think that was evident by leaving so many points on the board, uh, penalties. Uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous, and it's just um, it's time to move on. Scott Frost has given us no empirical evidence that um, that he's going to be successful at Nebraska, and uh, that's it. Wow, Joe coming in hot. All right. Justin, before I say my piece, I want to hear from you. What is your take after the third game on Nebraska fans saying that we need to move on from Scott Frost? I mean, you can have that opinion, but it's not going to happen right now. He's not going to get fired in season. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, we we won the game. They're, you know, I don't want to just be an apologist for Husker football. I want to have a critical eye on things. Mm-hmm. But it is game three. We did just beat two overmatched opponents. The defense hasn't allowed a touchdown in like six quarters. I, you know, last year was a COVID year. I'm just not. I'm frustrated. We're all frustrated. But the answer to frustration, I think, at this point is not firing him. Also, he has like a $20 million buyout. So, <laughs> I mean, we're stuck even with him for, uh, let, let's say, at least try to ride this out for a couple years, is what yeah, you're saying. Even if you really, yeah. I mean, it, it, he just, it, we just have to keep going with him. Mm. And if you're so frustrated that you want him to fire, get fired, I mean, maybe it's time to just take a step back on Saturday and mow your lawn during the game or go for a run get out the guitar from the closet and strum a few power chords, uh, you know, 
I, okay. So I appreciate that. For me, I, I just kind of have the attitude of people need to stop talking like this season is totally lost just because we yeah. lost to Illinois. Sure. There Good is point. a lot of football left to be played. It was game um, one. You know, you could kind of put an asterisk on this next week. There are a lot of people who are saying that it's a certainty that Oklahoma is going to win. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just feel like, hey, at least give this season a chance to be played out before you pass a judgment on the entire season. We don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Um, This team is continuing to grow. Um, even in even if we do lose this next week, uh, there's still an opportunity there for lessons to be learned for them to get themselves into shape to head into the back half of the season and do some really good stuff. So um, I just I, I think Husker Nation, I think our listeners, our friends on Twitter, let's kind of pump the brakes on. The like Scott Frost isn't the guy just yet. Like you can think it, but we don't. I think we need to just press pause on having that discussion and maybe wait for the end of the season to have some of those chats. There's going to be plenty of time in the off season to talk about whatever you want. Um, right yeah, now, I want to just keep talking about football and and what we have in front of us. If you're talking, to, if you want to talk about like bringing value to the conversation, like what value does that bring to say no, he needs to go? Because like once you've reached that decision. And you're not going to budge on it, like yeah. What what value is there in you even watching the games if you've already decided? Mm. So you're either going to not change your mind based on what you see, or you know maybe things turn around a little bit. Um, you're just not open to that. So appreciate the call, uh, appreciate the listen and the interaction, and I hope Joe that you can grin and bear it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what, Joe, this is not necessarily directed at you. You know, I, you're not the only one I'm hearing saying this kind of thing. You know, I even have family members who are saying they don't think Scott Frost is the guy, you know. So, like, uh, you know, if you want to maybe defend your position, feel free to chime in. You can send us another voicemail. You can tweet at us. You can uh, clarify your position and maybe even tell us why we're wrong to be saying this. We'll certainly give that give you that platform if you want to speak up about it. But uh, I mean, that's no guarantee it makes yeah. the show next <laughs> Sure. But I'm, I'm just, I, at the end of the day, I'm trying to say, hey, we're, we're all friends here. This is, you know, this is uh, no hard feelings. It's not personal. We're just looking bird's eye view at the whole Scott Frost thing right now. And your voicemail gave us a chance to do that. So... Um, yeah. All right. With that said, here is Mr. Ben from Iowa. Hey, this is Ben from Iowa. Happy for the win. Um, unfortunately it didn't look as good as we would have liked, but the scoreboard looked, looked pretty all right at the end of the day. Um, clean up a lot of, uh, those penalties, but it seemed like the officiating crew didn't like us very much either. So they got to throw a few more flags on us and then probably we should deserved um that doesn't have me feeling too good about oklahoma next week but at least we have a winning season right now so go big red you know i feel like ben uh is really echoing a lot of the conversation we've just had it was there's some weird officiating maybe some slop on our part um we need to clean that up if we want to have a chance next week uh, but yeah, there was, you know, when, when none of the 50, 50 calls go your way, you got to start to, I don't know, start to wonder what's going on there. 
trying not to get conspiratorial, but that was lame. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Ben's saying he doesn't feel too good about Oklahoma next week. Um, so I think it's time for us to maybe start talking about Oklahoma. But before we do that, I know, Justin, you have a long snapper update. Not much. Well, I just want to say that I feel like the snaps have been sound and I don't know that zero of three field goals, you know, you got to look at everything here. And I think one, one stat, people don't look at long snaps and I don't think the long snaps are the issue is what I'm saying or what I want to say rather. Um, The snap seems sound. I can't speak to the holds. I can't, you know, I haven't been able to see if the laces are out or, or not, but it seems like, you know, from everything we're seeing and, our friends who have an eye for this are seeing that the snaps are sound. So. Yeah, you know, I I was going to say, I, I think you'd be hearing about that if that were an issue. Like, you'd hear people saying, well, like, you can't you can't blame the kicker for it. Look at the bad hold he got, you know. The snap was above his head. Right. Like, yeah. you know, he didn't have time. Yeah, it just seems like everything mechanically leading up to the kick or, you know, all the steps that have to happen are happening. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's got the yips, you know. Remember when a Wisconsin quarterback had the yips a mm-hmm. few years ago and like couldn't throw the ball or like Simone Biles. He's like, got, he's not flipping in the air where he could land on his neck and die. You know, he's kicking a ball. So the, the risk to his body is not as high as hers, but you know, maybe something like that where it's just like, yeah. can't do it right now. Dear listener, try not to think about breathing right now. <laughs> you can't do it. Can you can't not think about breathing. Can't, you can't not think about breathing. Wait, can't not not to, think about breathing once somebody are you tells to kill you. Our listeners, no, Mike? What, what I'm trying to say, it's like when somebody tells you not to imagine a penguin, and like, well, right now in your brain, you can't help but picture a penguin, right? Same thing That's here. True. I saw penguins today. That's cool. Yeah. Where'd you go? Omaha Zoo. Oh, you were in Omaha. We had, and you didn't call me. Sorry, Mike. I'm kidding. Like, had our, you're in Omaha all the time. Your family's here. <laughs> I'm actually not in Omaha very often these days. Um, but What the heck? Yeah. No, work had a a gathering at at the zoo, and, dude, we saw we saw like everything. That's great. <laughs> Did you hear that like level. a hippo or something got out the other a day? A rhino. Oh, it was a, a rhino. rhino. <laughs> yeah. Those are scary, man. That's crazy. I think the lower level of the jungle was closed, and we didn't do the upper level of the uh, desert dome, but I think we saw everything else. Dude, the upper level of the desert dome is so flipping boring to me. Like, I could care less. But oh. downstairs? Yeah. Downstairs is cool. Yeah, and it was like the last thing we did, too. So, like, earlier this week, we were like, kids, we're going to the zoo, which they've been asking for all summer. Mm-hmm. And and we knew that we had a free shot at it with work here. So, um, what animals do you want to see? And my son wanted to see bats and alligators. I was like, well, dude, that we will see that. That's great. And, and uh, I don't remember. Maybe it's because I had little children that I was responsible for me for with me but i was like creeped out down in the kingdoms of the night where it's it's dark and the alligator is like you know right on the other side of the fence from you it's unnerving sure i think that there is an illusion of it being more dangerous than it actually is no but... I'm, it's not dangerous i'm just saying it's unnerving sure especially okay. with i've got yeah. uh, you know the you're you're thinking to yourself old... it, you know this thing could eat my child in one bite yeah i get oh, it oh yeah <laughs> yeah 
it's so big. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and Ernest was like, can you, can you shine your flashlight on it? I was like, no, it's the kingdoms of the night. That's rude. And then I looked around and I was like, I'm going to shine my flashlight. I want to see this thing. <laughs> it's like right here. And then like its eyes are like, you know, if there was no offense, I could probably reach out and almost touch it. And yeah. So that was... Yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. I haven't been in the zoo in a couple of years. Good trip. So Go anyway, zoo. speaking of, they're not a sponsor of ours. Speaking <laughs> of alligators, um, Oklahoma, huh? It's <laughs> just like what? <laughs> What's the transition here? Oh, Oklahoma, SP plus, pretty scary. They have they are number two overall. Their offense is number one overall. Defense is fifteenth. Special teams is seventh. And let's see, Spencer Rattler is fifty of sixty-five for five hundred and forty-seven yards. It's seventy-seven percent completion rate over eight yards a catch uh six touchdowns two interceptions been sacked a couple times running back kenny brooks has carried the ball 20 times for 135 yards eric gray has run 18 times for 100 yards marvin mims six receptions for 136 yards he's averaging 22 yards a catch mario williams 10 receptions for 86 yards and a couple touchdowns um but you know they just i want to say they haven't been tested Tulane. They, they let off the gas against Tulane in their opening game and, and ended up being kind of close on scoreboard, 40 to 35. And then Western Carolina, 76 to 0. So it's just really hard to know much about this team um, other than, you know, they've got a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. And uh, they're just no, no glaring weaknesses other than maybe they don't get fired up in the second half when they think they're blowing a team out. Their field goal kicker has missed a field goal. Hey, five of six. The playing field is level. <laughs> yeah, mm, ish. So you want to hear my Ohio State take? Your Ohio State take? Okay. Yeah. Here's here's the deal. Everybody's saying we can't win this game. Okay. Everybody's saying that, that you know I I saw something that said what they they opened and I'm talking about Oklahoma now. Oklahoma opened as like a 28 or something point Looks favorite. Like 22. Okay, 22, 22 point right fa- so three t- more than three touchdowns favored over us this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at ESPN's got like the game we have like a 9% chance of winning. Mhm. Do you want to know what FPI predicted for Ohio State winning the game this past weekend against the Ducks. Sure. Yeah. 88.5% chance of a victory from Ohio State. Really? I don't want to hear anybody tell me that we can't win this game. Is it highly unlikely? Yes. But it was highly unlikely for Oregon to defeat Ohio State. Now, mind you, Oregon was ranked. (laughs) Yeah. But still... A better I team mean, than us. That was a game that I bet Ohio State thought they had in the bag. And they lost at home to Oregon. So I'm going to keep it ringing this bell. I think Nebraska can go down to Oklahoma this weekend and they can punch them in the mouth and catch them off guard and maybe make something happen here. I would love it. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. I <laughs> hope it does. I hope it does, but I, I, that's game. that's the attitude with which I will be approaching the game on Saturday. I I 
do not want to be a fan who's like, all right, I guess we got to go watch our favorite team lose today. You don't know that. Let them play the game and we'll see how it plays out. Fair enough, man. So, so with all that being said and, you know, a quick rundown on stats there, do you have a score prediction? I am going to take note of what time it is because I don't. <laughs> um, give me just a second here. I do have a score. Are you ready? Um, give, uh, sorry, I was doing some math from last week's game. Let me think okay. real quick. Are you looking at this? The uh, I the, am now, but I already have mine written down. Okay. I got one. Go ahead. Or I, I can go first. Okay. Well, you asked me, do I have a score? Oh. So it'll be easy for me to just... Okay. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to play the odds here a little bit. Um, I, do, I don't have a traditional football score prediction this time, um, but I'm feeling pretty good about 28 to 27 Nebraska. Mm. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. Now, is that a blowout when we let them back in at the end, or is that a... Yeah, rubbing. right. No, yeah. no. They miss an I'm... extra point at the end of the game to lose. Oh, man. That would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with the classic uh, score, 35-31. Okay. uh, You know, maybe we get a punt return for a touchdown in there. Be all for it. Uh, I don't don't know that that happens. We'll get a a freshman who uh, changes his Twitter handle to don't punt at me. Ooh. DPO, DPE, (laughs) depending on how you observe. Uh, Last week, Mike, by the way, I think you won between the two of us because... You had smart. Much, you had an a much. You were lower on your guess. Oh, okay, just in general. Yeah, you yeah. had thirty-eight fifteen, so I think you were off by eighteen. I had thirty-one twenty-one, so I was off by twenty-one. Gotcha. So, one for Mike. Hey, there you go. I think we're one and one. I don't know though. I'll take it. Hey, uh, do you want to know where Nebraska's at in SP Plus? I we talked about. Oklahoma. Oh right. Yeah. Let's let's hear about it. Well, so remember, um, we haven't had an updated... This is the third game we're reacting to, and this is the first time we've had updated SP Plus numbers because our week zero, they didn't do any any updated numbers after that. And then week one, there were games all through the weekend, and even to Monday, so they didn't get them out before we finished it. So that's why we just now have new numbers. And overall, we are 31, which is actually up one spot. That's actually better than i expected i'll take that yeah yeah i was actually scrolled past 31 looking for us and then had to go back up offensively we're 43 which is up three spots Hmm. we are 29 which is the same which is you know a lot of returning guys so that's interesting like defensively you you mean yeah Yeah. defensively special teams 128 (laughs) i'm looking here there are 100 There are 130, <laughs> 130 teams in FBS. Oh my gosh! So, so we're 31 overall, and we have the 128th best or worst, I guess oh you could say, gosh. special teams. I'm looking here. The number, the the team that's actually at 128 overall is the one that is 129th in special teams, and the team that is 129th. So that's UMass, and then UConn is 129th overall, and they're 130th in special teams. So you go from 
the very bottom of the barrel overall, all the way up to 31 to get the third worst team. When you think about it, man, special teams, I mean, you look at the offense and defense, and golly, I can't help but think unless they clean up their act, that could be the difference in some games coming up. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Frost has, like, some record of the most games lost by one score, Mm -hmm. you know, one score losses in the last three or four years. And uh, having the 128th special teams, that'll do that. Yeah. That'll do that. Wow. And it's it's like a running joke on this show, but it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I mean, we're kind of chuckling here, but... It's a nervous laughter. <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta think... And the crazy thing is we got an all-Big Ten returning kicker. Yeah. So, you know, just as well, a thought Well, I mean, exercise, I remember last year I was making comments about how... Hey, at least our kicker's kind of holding it down for us this year. Oh, how things well, have that's changed. Well, that's, that's what I was just going to say. It's kind of like a thought experiment. Say that you have actual All-Big Ten Connor Colt this year. I mean, that number, I mean, he's, you know, all respect due. I'm not the one doing it. It's him. But he's the one dragging that number down. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and him and Cam Taylor Britt, who has the safety and two fumbles to his name. I guess that one today or Saturday isn't technically to his name, but you know, he was he was back there yeah, to catch it. His, so uh, blame it on somebody else's uh, calf. <laughs> Pun- punting is is below average right now, uh, although the returns have not been there. I mean, we haven't had they haven't been returning on us, and there's been no substantial kick returns because of touchbacks. So that's a plus. Or well, the kick touchbacks are a plus. I'm gonna say. You know, net neutral punt, uh, punting, punt returns haven't really been that substantial, so that's that's good. But yeah, the kick return, the punt returns, and yeah, the kicker, man, Connor. I feel bad. I mean, he probably, like you said, he thought he made that last one. He probably thought, "This is it. I got it back. Yeah. I've turned it around." Ugh. But hey, I wish him all the best. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode because. <laughs> Don't think he's tuning in. Yeah, but I mean, like at, at the end of the day, like I, I don't want to be perceived as like we're not coming hard, we're not coming down hard on this guy, right? Like no, and it, we're and just making observations. That, and there's one thing you can say about Frost is that he sticks with his guys. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Frost is he's gonna back him. He clearly thinks he gives us the best shot to be successful, and so you know, hopefully, he can come out of the the gutter that he's in, and Frost, Frost, I am confident will stick with him. Um, but yeah, the season season doesn't get any easier just glancing through SP rankings. So we've got number three, Oklahoma. Michigan is number six in SP plus. Mm. SP plus loves Michigan. They're thirteenth overall, or excuse me, sixth overall, thirteenth offense, ninth defense, fifth special teams. And then Wisconsin's at eight. And Iowa, you gotta drop down a little bit here to fifteen. Do we play Maryland this year? They're at 25. That does that's not ringing a bell for me this year. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. So yeah. Anyway, tough schedule. Tough schedule. Great opportunities though. Uh, Speaking of great opportunities, uh, you, dear listener, had a great opportunity to win three pounds of ground bison, and was it a ribeye steak? Is that what we said Mm. in our posting? Yes. And. We are excited to let you know that we have a winner. 
It was a ribeye steak. I just confirmed. Was it me? Did I no, win? No. Wasn't you. Not anybody who's related to us. Gee dang it. That's the whole <laughs> reason I got into this is because I wanted to like win free meat. The winner is Diane from York. Hey, congratulations, Diane. Thanks to everybody who shared the post. Thanks to Central Nebraska Buffalo, Kendra, for donating the ground and the steak. And Diane, we will we will work on getting that to you. So and I awesome. am going to retire from this podcast because my seven-year-long con to get free bison meat just crumbled before my very eyes. Failure. I guess I'm going to have to support a local business and buy some anyway. <laughs> I feel right. like I need to uh, put in a little, like a ding <laughs> or something there. And friends, we also want to commend to you Mr. Monty Rohde uh, with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Um, it is no secret that it has been a wild ride uh, in terms of real estate over the last year and a half. Um, and Justin... If I'm going for any type of ride at an amusement park, I'm double checking the harness. You know, I'm pulling up on that lap bar to make sure that I'm secure. And if you want to feel secure, you need a decent guide when it comes to real estate. And it just so happens that we have one of the best choices out there for you, Mr. Monty Rohde. Um, he's going to personalize the experience for you. He is going to be there with you every step of the way. Um, so whether you are in the middle of looking for a home or perhaps thinking about selling your home, um, wherever you are on your real estate journey, uh, now is the perfect time to reach out. So the way you can get a hold of Monty is by calling 402-770-3356. He'd love to start that conversation with you today. Do it. Uh, that's a different company. Local, though. Yeah. Godfather's Pizza. Come on, man. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. Okay, okay. All right. I think with that... There's only one thing left to say, my friend. Yeah. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.